Welcome to Create Your Own Light, where we harness our past, we embrace our future, and learn to conquer the roadblocks along the way together. I'm your host, Travis Howes. Let's get on with it. This episode is brought to you by YourWelder.com. YourWelder.com is an online directory of mobile welders. Whether at your home or at your industrial processing plant, we come to you. Our community of mobile welders can repair anything from the neighbor's mailbox that you just backed into or the cat bulldozer sitting on your job site. YourWelder.com is a directory of highly skilled professionals willing to help you on your job site on your timetable. YourWelder.com screens all of their welders using tools like photos from social media apps such as Instagram, Parler, and Facebook, even face-to-face meetups. YourWelder.com was built by actual industry welding experts who actually perform this type of work on a daily basis. And here's the best part. They're veteran-owned and operated. So go check them out at YourWelder.com. And also feel free to check them out on social media where I'll include their links in the show notes. So I've been so busy lately that I can't keep my head screwed on straight and therefore I haven't dropped an episode in about three weeks. So now I'm back and uh, I haven't even, honestly, I have not even had the time to make notes in my phone about things that I wanted to talk about when I record the next episode. You know, we, we discussed a long time ago, I think part of the problem with people um, like me anyways, with certain mental health conditions that the stagnancy of life is probably the most dangerous part of life. Just sitting idle, not having an active mind and not having a busy body gives you too much time to think and gives you too much time to regret and gives you too much time to think what if, et cetera, et cetera. And I know speaking personally for myself, that's why I like to be extremely busy. Well, the problem is when I get busy, then I start bitching about how busy I am. (laughs) So, I, I talk this balance stuff, but honestly, good luck. You, you, good luck balancing your life. It it is it's one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do is is find a delicate balance. Um, I I will tell you this: what I am trying to do more of, if you've been following this podcast for a long time, is I'm trying to find um, the ability to enjoy moments. And I'm going to tell you something, and I'm going to get on a passionate horse here for a few minutes. I don't know how much I've spoken about this in in past episodes, but I am probably going to uh, get a little annoying here. Uh, You know how people, when they show pictures of their kids on their phone and you really don't give a shit about seeing pictures of other people's kids and they just won't stop and they won't stop showing you pictures and it's, what it is, is they're beaming with pride. They're proud of something. And I think that it goes back to their living vicariously through their children and maybe they're missing something in their own lives. To the point they don't have anything else to be proud of other than their children. And I think I'm I'm certainly uh, going, going that route. Uh, I am starting to live so vicariously through my children. It is ridiculous. I'm proud of them. And I, you know, speaking with my father recently, I've told him, and I'll tell all of you, I look forward to 3.45 p.m. every day now because that's when my girls go to their private lessons in jiu-jitsu. And from 3.45 to 5 o'clock, they're in their private lessons. And then from 5 o'clock to 6 o'clock, they're in their class. Now, when we started this jiu-jitsu journey, it was all because of me. I I saw something that I wanted to introduce my children to. I never, I never had access to jiu-jitsu when I was young. 
And honestly, I never really believed uh, when I even when I got a little bit older, I never really thought much about it because I was always uh, I was from the karate kid culture where kids took karate. I never did that bullshit. I never believed in it. I'm not trying to knock martial arts and but I always thought karate was more of a um, like a fight yourself in the mirror kind of sport because I've been in professions where I've had to go hands on with a lot of people. And I've been around people that have studied martial arts and I've seen a lot of martial arts people get their ass beat in real fights. And you're kind of like, well, don't you know karate? Like kind of what happened there? And it's one of those you get hit in the face. And like Mike Tyson says, when you get punched in the nose, everybody has a plan until they get punched in the nose. And I've seen that from countless people that know karate. I've seen them fold up and get their ass beat. And then we're all standing around like, damn, I expected a little bit more from you. So out of ignorance... I went the rest of my life thinking jiu-jitsu was no different. Well, one day one of our friends was over here and their little uh, eight-year-old daughter at the time was talking about jiu-jitsu and how she's choking people out. And I was like, hey, that you, you now I'm interested because this little girl's choking out boys. So what's this about? So we went to a class and I think I talked about this in previous episodes. Well, fast forward real quickly. Uh, we go to the class and uh, I watched girls choking out boys. And what I saw was awesome. It was it was very aggressive. It was no holds barred. It was bloody lips, some busted noses. There was some sniffling going on, but the instructor was like telling them knock off, knock it off, get in the fight. And it was very aggressive. And my girls, when they were watching that, they were glued into it. And so was I. And we left there and I knew immediately I wanted them to do this. Well, what I was trying to be careful of is I didn't want them to do something just because I wanted them to do it. I wanted to introduce them to things, but I wanted to find out where their passion was. And, you know, I want to be able to fully support my children's passion. And this is going to get long-winded, and I'm not going to apologize for this because I'm passionate about it. But just just giving you a little warning. Um. So we end up getting into jiu-jitsu. We sign up. My girls start going and they took to it like fish in water because my girls are very tough and I don't think they're like, and I'm not putting them on a pedestal. So that's not what I'm doing here because they, they can be assholes. They can be little bitches. They can be, you know, like get the fuck away from me, you know, for a day. They can, they can rub you wrong too, but they're not like most little girls where they don't want to play with dolls and babies and play dress up and put sparkles on and lipstick and pretend like they're holding a baby and have a baby and pretend like they're getting married. They don't have that princess mentality. Like a lot of little girls are raised with that princess mentality. These little girls are like straight up boys, but they can dress up too if they want to, which they never fucking do. They wear John Deere shirts to fucking school and they don't match. They never match at school. And I love it. Drives their mama crazy. But I'm like, let them girls be who they are. And she has actually embraced that to no end. <laughs> She's like, you know what? They're going to they're gonna be them. So anyway, what am I getting at? Let's fast forward eight months. We just came back from, um, from Charlotte, North Carolina. Now, I live in Charleston. A lot of people fuck up Charleston. And they say Charlotte all the time. Don't associate the two. We're not North Carolina. We're not fucked up. We're Charleston, South Carolina. So... The girls had a jiu-jitsu tournament they wanted to go to. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I was nervous as hell. We walk in there. There's a lot of little kids in there. You can tell these kids are uh, 
very well trained. They all come in, they're warming up and you can watch, you can tell like when you're seeing these kids, like just through their warmups, some of the discipline that they have. And, uh, it kind of worries you about the experience level. Cause my girls, I'm sitting there thinking, all right, we got eight months in, but they're clearly going up against higher level belts. And these kids are, they, from, this is why, you know, I guess you don't read a book by his cover, but you can't help it. They were kind of intimidating. Well, I know through those eight months of training, my daughters, they were going five days a week for eight straight months. And then my oldest, on top of that, is doing two to three private lessons a week on top of that. So technically, she's training eight times a week. And I don't mean like uh, just warming up training and just light stiff. I'm talking busted fucking lips, busted noses, bent up arms, hurt backs, and cardio like no other Sometimes I'm sitting there thinking, I'm like, this is too much for these kids, but they love it. I don't know what it is. They love getting punished. Well, my girls go in there and they fucking dominate this tournament. And they both win gold medals. Now, they did beat, get both get beat one match, um, but they ended up taking gold medals. So I was over the moon. When I was watching my girls get ready to go on this mat, I honestly, I started crying. And I'm on the sidelines, and it's out of my hands. Now, they've played team sports their entire life. And what I want to get to is the individual. You can get so much out of what you put into something. And it's taken me almost nine minutes to get to this point. I don't care who you are. You put your heart into something. And if you are determined to be a winner, no matter what that is, and and, and I'm talking even in the mental health fight, if you put your mind to it and you put your heart into it, and no matter how many busted noses, busted lips, how many times you get drugged through the gutter, you will come out victorious. You will come out victorious. But the only way to win the fight is to stay in the fight. That's it. I watched my daughter go in there, and they all fought boys, by the way. They didn't go up against girls. They whipped these boys' asses, and these boys left the mat fucking crying. And their fathers were on the sidelines shaking their head like, what the fuck just happened? Why did that little girl beat you? And I'm going to tell you this. Every day you don't train, someone does. I saw that when I was a police officer. I saw that on a U.S. Marshals poster when I was working with their task force, I walked into their office and there was a big poster of this inmate and it said U.S. Penitentiary on the back of his shirt and he was doing lat pulldowns on a, on a uh, lat machine in the, in the prison gym and it said, every day you don't train, somebody does. And what I thought about in that moment, as I'm crying, as my daughter's holding up her hand, just defeating this little boy, I'm not saying my daughter is better than anybody. I'm not saying that little boy wasn't good enough to win. What I'm saying is this. I wonder if she just trained one more day than what he did. That's what I thought about in that moment. I Because that kids were good. They were good. And I wonder, did they take a day off on a Friday and go to family dinner when they could have trained? And the reason I say that is I offered my daughter every single weekend. I was like, hey, we can take Friday off. We can take Friday. No, daddy, I want to train. And she told me that. She goes, when I'm not training, somebody else is. I'm not saying she's going to go on to become goddamn Olympic champion and be the best little jiu-jitsu person. And that's not what I'm saying. Because I'll tell you this. I'm not pushing those girls to do anything they don't want to do. I told them, the moment you're not having fun with this anymore, come to me. And the moment you want to take a day off, come to me. 
Why do I say that? I say that because honestly, I laid around yesterday. I laid on the couch. I didn't feel like getting up. I, that depression was on me. And I laid there and I thought about it. And I was like, if I just lay here, nothing changes. I got to get up and do something. So I got up and you know what I did? I went outside and I cut the bushes. And I cut the bushes for about 20 minutes. I shaped them up really nicely, cleaned them up. And then I went back inside, showered, got ready, and went to jujitsu with my kids. It doesn't sound like much, but when you're beat down, when you don't want to do anything, and all you want to do is just lay up like white trash, that's when you got to show the fuck up. That's when you got to get up. That's when you got to switch gears. That's when that mindset hits you. We are in this fight in mental health. Your opponent is you. And every day you don't train, that depression does. And it will beat you. And you have to fight it. You have to rise up against it. You have to push back. You have to be victorious. You don't have any other option. I was on the phone with a with a psychiatrist the other day. And uh, we were having a video conference. And he asked me one of the toughest questions I'd ever been asked and I didn't realize it and I got so emotional in that moment because I was so honest with him it was hard for me to hear what I was saying and he simply asked me this he said Travis what is your hope and I just sat there and I stared at the screen and I didn't have an answer for him I was scrambling like what is my hope what is my hope what is my hope and then I realized it I'm fucking hopeless I don't have hope. I told him that. I said, I don't have it. And I said, if I could wish for anything, it's for that my children don't end up like me. If I could wish for anything, I I hope that my children never experience the things in life that I've experienced. And I hope they never have to fight what I have to on a daily basis. I always hope their opponent is dressed in a, in a little gi on a fucking mat in some studio somewhere or in some arena. And when they get to leave that arena, they get to leave that fight there. And it doesn't follow them back like it does me every day. I get tired of people asking, man, what's the secret? What? There's no goddamn secret with this stuff. There is no secret. There's no secret medicine. There's no pill. There's nothing, this shit will not go away. You have to fight it every day. I was, um, what I want to get back to is when I was at that jujitsu tournament, those of you that know me well and know me through this podcast, you understand that I've talked for a long time about wanting to get to a place where I can live in moments and just forget everything. And when I say forget everything, I'm not talking about just bad incidents. I'm talking about worry. I'm talking about having to know the answer to everything that hasn't happened yet. I'm talking about um, happiness and like fast forwarding my life to this beautiful place. Like how do we get there? I'm talking about losing thought of all of that and being so caught up in a moment that your body experiences complete joy. And that's what I experienced at that jiu-jitsu tournament. When I was watching my children and I was watching them become victorious, 
through how hard they trained. They wanted something so badly that they went out there and did it. They wasn't handed to them. They went out there and choked fucking people out to get what was theirs. They deserved it. They worked for it. They didn't make excuses on why they couldn't train when it was hot, when the AC was broken at the uh, at the studio we train in, why the boys were so much better at one point than them and the boys were beating them. They showed up day in and day out, five days a week for seven, eight months straight. Private lessons on top of that to get better because they wanted something so badly they fucking did it. And I was completely in the moment with them. And I can't tell you another time in my life when that has happened. I looked dead in my wife's face and I said, I want more of this. This is what I've been looking for. And she said, what? And she thought I was talking about them winning. It wasn't that. It was being in the moment with them and them being my wife and my two children and nothing else and nothing else mattered in those moment in that moment. That's it. That's the only time in my life that I know of recently, within recent years, and I say probably a decade, that I was not worried about anything, that I didn't have, my brain wasn't thinking about some something else and it wasn't somewhere else. And so I'm trying to create more of that in my life because that, my friend, my friends, and if friend, if it's just one person listening, but it's not because I've seen, I've seen the numbers. So there's, there's several of you. That to me is what happiness is. And I want to experience more of that. And I'm working towards that. And I think you should too. I'm not saying you got to go out and choke fucking people. And your kids don't need to go choke people to make you happy. But I'm saying if you don't have something and something's dead inside of you. And your children are trying to prove to you and show you what life is really like. Remember what life was like when you were a child? It was fun. You didn't have worry. You just had to go out and do things and have fun. Well, then responsibility happened in life and then trauma happened in life and then uh, turmoil happened in life and it kind of sucked all that fun away from you. Well, you have an opportunity sitting right in front of you to re to revisit that and it's with your children. They'll show you happiness if you let them, but you'll also show them misery if you let yourself do that and you got to be careful. They don't deserve that. They deserve to have the happiness in life that all children deserve to have that we once had for however long we had it. They'll be adults soon enough. They'll have to they'll have to make their own way in life soon enough and they'll they'll start experiencing hardships whenever that happens. But until then, let them be children and live through them. I was talking to my dad yesterday as I was sitting outside next to my pool and I was like, man. I'm 45 years old. I get to go to do these events that I absolutely love, my post-traumatic purpose events, and I live for those moments, but I don't get to escape in those moments. I actually relive a lot of bad shit in those moments, so it makes it really hard for me, and I'm not complaining. I'm just just telling you. The moments I live for when I do post-traumatic purpose is shaking people's hands and seeing them smile and come up to me and thank me for what we're doing here. And I, in turn, thank them back. And I tell them just like this, I can't do this without you. This message does not transcend without you. 
And without the support of you, this event would never happen. So this isn't me. It's you. It's all of you who support this podcast, who come to these events that make this happen, not me. I'm just proud to share those moments with you. I was, um, man, it's been a while since I plugged into you guys. I'll tell you kind of a little bit about the journey that's just taken place. I know, I think I talked to you about Salt Lake, but I just came back from, um, damn, where was I? West Palm Beach. And then, um, then I was out in Texas. I was out in Texas with the ATF and then I was in, uh, West Palm Beach, Florida. And I thought when I was out in Salt Lake City, somebody, some folks came from, from eight hours away. They came from Wyoming to come to the event. And if you think your words don't matter, when people start coming from inconvenient places to get to you, to hear what you have to say, your words matter. What you say matters. Your experience in life matters. People need to hear stuff sometimes. I say that because all of you have a story. We all do. And you not sharing whatever you've gone through in life, you just don't know who you're not helping by doing that. I was just in West Palm Beach, Florida, and a lady came from Colorado. That's on the other side of the country. I was blown away. This lady came from Colorado to come to post-traumatic purpose. And it hit me dead in the face when she said this. That was the proof that there's not enough of this shit happening out there because people have to come from Colorado to hear it to the East Coast. And it breaks my heart in the same breath. I'm honored that somebody would come to hear what I have to say, but they shouldn't have to travel so far. Because there should be more of it. And there's just not. Because it's hard to talk about. What's your worth? I think I've asked that before. Do you know your worth as a, as a human being and as, a, as your profession? I say that to drive home another point. I... I understand my value as a person and as a professional speaker. Um, And I want you to understand, and I I say this because sometimes I will consult with other individuals um, about their businesses or whatever they do, and they'll ask me some hard questions. And and it's hard having these conversations because what, uh, here's a classic example. If you have a business for yourself, Sometimes your friends are going to want to do business with you because you're a friend and they, without saying they expect you to cut them a break, uh, whether you cut grass on the side for people, whether you're a contractor and you do electrical work or plumbing or carpentry, or you're a tutor, um, for children, all of this applies to you. Don't let people use your relationship to devalue your worth. When I ask people they try to establish their value, I ask them, put a time clock on your life and you tell me what your time is worth because you don't get that back. If the clock were ticking and you're going to go give 
an hour, two hours of your life to someone else when you could be anywhere else in the universe. And if you have a family and you can't be with your family during that time period, what's that worth to you? Is it worth doing it for free? Maybe your family sucks and maybe your family drives you fucking that crazy. I'm I'm being serious. So yeah, you'll go do it for free. But what if you enjoy being with your family? What if your family is your life? And that's where you find the most value in your life. And when somebody tries to use your business, right? Give you the business you want. Or they give you the business that you do. God damn, I can't get words straight. They want to give you business, but it takes you away from the things that you love. What's that worth to you? They don't get to tell you the price of that. They just either get to say yes or no. And their opinion doesn't matter. Their opinion of your worth and your value shouldn't hold water with you. The only person that matters to is you. I've had this question asked to me a lot of times over the years and especially recently. And one thing I will encourage people to do, you find your worth and you hold firm on that and you don't budge on that. Every single one of you has value. Every single one of you has worth. Don't give it away. Don't let people hijack your value and your worth and your time because of the title they hold with you, friend. I'm not saying you can't cut friends' breaks. Right? I learned something in the police department. I think I've talked about this in the past. When you do people favors, the only person to get fucked is you. And every police officer that's listening to this podcast is nodding their head and they understand exactly what I'm talking about. Be careful who you do favors for. I'm going to get into something that's probably touchy because I'm just passionate about people's time on this earth. And I'm passionate about what people do with their lives and their time. And unfortunately in the political climate we're in, you can't, you just can't use certain words and it, cause it can be taken out of context and I don't mean anything negative by this and I'm not comparing uh, time periods in in our existence here I'm just trying to say this every single one of us if you don't think um, slavery exists still to this day you need to think again and I'm not again I'm not trying to get political but I do want to oh, I'll say this we are all at different levels of um, I, again, I'm, I'm not comparing this to, I think you understand what I'm saying. I don't, I just can't choose the words, right? As I know somebody's going to blow this shit out of proportion. And that is, you got to look at what we all go to work for. We all choose to go to work for different, amount, different amounts of money. Okay. And there's a little thing out there called debt. And the more debt you have, the more you have to work. And the more you chase the mighty dollar to pay off the man. And the man, being the government, is the one that holds you back in life. Nobody holds you back like you and like the government. 
You hold yourself back when you choose to make poor financial decisions. A lot of us make poor financial decisions out of desperation. Okay. I'm just going to switch gears here because I want to be very careful in my words, which is a first for me. But again, like I said, people get their panties in a bunch and shit just unravels. There are a lot of rich people, a lot of wealthy people in this world who appear wealthy to your eyes, but they still have their nose to the grindstone because it has to be because they've lived so far outside of their means. They too are enslaved to the government. Like poor people are enslaved to the government, many of them, because they have to work. They can't get out of the hole they're in. Me and my friend Randy, my best friend Randy, we always have this story that we we talk about. And I'm going to mess the story up, but you can get the gist of it. There's an old man fishing on a bank. And a man that owns a shrimp boat company pretty much goes up, or a fishing boat company, he owns like a hundred, a fleet of boats. He goes up to this man and he's, he's talking to him and he essentially tells the man, why are you fishing from the bank when you could have a boat? And the man said, why would I want a boat? And the man said, so you could catch more fish. And the man says, what would I do with more fish? And the boat owner that that, that owns the fleet of boats tells him, well, you catch more fish, you could sell more fish and you could buy more boats and then you could catch even more fish and then you could sell even more fish. And the, the man, the poor man is sitting on the bank fishing and goes, why would I do all that? And the man looks at the poor man and goes, so you could enjoy your life and you could just hang out and fish one day. And the poor man looks at him and says, what do you think I'm doing right now? And my point is the poor guy had it figured out. He wasn't living outside of his means. He was living the life of freedom. Whereas the guy that appeared to have it all was not living the life of freedom. He was building a prison, a financial prison that he couldn't escape from. And maybe I didn't word all this right. I get tired of seeing people on the rat wheel and they're, they're, they're just, they're running themselves ragged. They're trying to pay bills. They're trying to keep their head above water. They're trying to keep their family happy, but they're not making any progress because the government makes it harder to do that. I was watching, uh, we were on the flight the other day, me and my wife were on American airlines flight. And they must have tried to push credit cards on us 15 different times during an hour and a half flight. And then they even had pamphlets walking up and down the aisles. They were had these pamphlets uh, when you're getting off the plane. And they were, they were saying, sign up now and you get 50,000 free miles. That's two round trips, by the way, which was about 800 fucking dollars. Let me tell you something. You want to do a goddamn round trip that bad, go buy them with your own money. Don't go put it on credit cards. And that's what I'm getting at. They peddle debt to keep Americans held down. And this is getting off the rails from what I normally talk about. They peddle debt to beat us down, to hold us back in life. But this does go back to my message of being happy and being free in life. Stop creating bullshit debt for yourself and get financially free. Stop buying dumb shit. And I I love that one saying where people, it says, um, Don't go broke trying to look rich because you're not, who the fuck are you trying to impress? You could be so happy in life if, if you had freedom. And that's kind of what I was getting at earlier. We think we have freedom, but we don't. Most people 
work for the weekend. Do you know why they work for the weekend? There's even a song called working for the weekend. I don't make this shit up. It's because they're enslaved to the grind. And that's a Skid Row song called slave to the grind. They're enslaved to the grind of work to keep their bills paid. So they look forward to the, to the weekends or happy hour so they can get that escape that I was talking about. I don't know how we got here today, but we got here. This is this has been a um a long time coming cuz I'm super passionate about this stuff. I was actually I considered doing coaching at one time in my life, not just not even financial coaching. It's just coaching people on um I got to be careful with these words here. Coaching people on how to live better, right? Um Kind of hard to do when when you're sitting here also flinging depression at people. So I just I hate seeing people beat down, man. I hate I've been there. I mean, I I was there. I I used to work like that non fucking stop, and then I realized a long time ago, it's like, hey, wait a minute, I'm making everybody else money around me, working for them all the time, and I need to take care of myself and my own family. Because at the end of this day, let me tell you right now, when you hit stop on this podcast today, you know what matters? Nothing. None of this shit matters. Everything you're working for right now, everything that you're trying to save up money for and you're stressed out about and you're arguing about with your spouse or you're arguing about with your kids and you're mad at this and you're mad at that, none of this shit matters. It's all going away. Every bit of it. The hole you're digging for yourself is only going to get deeper if you don't start filling it in. And even that doesn't fucking matter anymore. So maybe this entire podcast doesn't matter. Maybe this whole message doesn't matter. You know what? It doesn't fucking matter. Go out and live your life and do the best that you can do and find a way to be happy. Because being upset and down in the dumps today doesn't fucking matter. It's going away. And there's going to be a day, I promise you, where you wish that you could have this day back. You would put this day over some of the days that are coming for you any day. So go enjoy it. Go apologize to whoever you need to apologize to. Maybe that'll turn your day around. Even if you're wrong, go apologize for it. Go find a friend. Go find a loved one who you've pissed off lately because of some dumb shit you said, even though you may be right. And let them be right. What does it matter? We're all going to fucking die anyway. Have a good day. I love y'all.